0: Well, good morning and welcome to Winners Win Live. I'm Christopher Coakley, president of Search 365. And uh, I just want to spend some time with you this morning talking about leadership. You know, in times like now, leadership is probably the most important thing. And most of you have heard me say many times before uh, that everything rises or falls on leadership. But right now, there are so many people whose lives are being turned upside down. Um and they really don't know which way to go and and because of that, leadership has become so much more valuable and so much more important and uh, And since each of you who can hear my voice that are watching this training are in a position where your leadership can be rewarded, you know immensely. I mean you could you could become wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. You could achieve all your dreams and goals if you're willing to be bold enough, to be a leader in today's times I mean truly get out and help people as you said or heard us say so many times is our reason for being here you know with a company mission like healing nations you know we really stepped out there on a big ledge and now's our time so quickly to prove it and so That's why today I'm going to talk about, you know, characteristics of a top leader, of a top leader. If you really want to be at your absolute best, I'm going to go through some principles that I think will will take your leadership to a whole nother level and uh, and therefore take your business to a whole nother level this morning. So if you're ready. Hey, let's uh, let's get to work real quick with today's winners win. Again, I'm going to talk to you about 12 points that are the characteristics of a top, top leader, okay? The first one is uh, their presence exudes confidence, thus commanding respect. See, the first one is your presence has to exude confidence and command respect. See, guys, right now, people don't know who to believe. You, you have to understand something. Everybody is out there uh, working to either help Or scam people that are hurting right now it's sad it's unfortunate but that's that's this country that's a free enterprise system people are going to go for it legally and some people are gonna go for it illegally some people are out there helping because they truly truly care and there's some people that are out there trying to figure out how they're just gonna get rich off people's hardship right now and so when people hear you talk The first thing they're looking for is whether you believe what you're saying, whether whether you're confident in what you're doing. And that's why your presence is so important. Now, another thing is that because with social distancing and the the added effects of the pandemic, you know, your imaging, your communication is regulated to almost exclusively uh, through technology. And so you're not physically in the room. Guys, listen to me now. You know, when you are physically in someone's presence, it's not just what you do and how you do it, but there's an actual energy that people can feel. And and see, that's, that's what we're losing is the ability to transfer energy Because we're regulated to technology, which doesn't allow that to happen. But that's the reason why you have to turn it up just a little bit more because you've got to compensate for the fact that the energy transference isn't there. So you got to turn it up. You got to turn your enthusiasm. You got to turn your confidence. You got to turn it up a notch so people can sense it. If they can't totally feel it. And so make sure guys that your presence exudes confidence as you're talking to people about an opportunity. Hey, hey look, number two, top leaders refuse to be denied their dreams and goals. They refuse. It's not an option. See, see, you some of you right now are are accepting defeat. You're spending all your time worrying about the future instead of planning to run right through it. See, see, I, I I will not accept that this company will not take its rightful place in history for helping millions of people to heal. And, and I won't accept that a pandemic is going to stop us or or uh, a de- economic depression or recession is going to stop us. See, see nothing, if anything, all these things are going to help us, but nothing is going to stop us. See, I refuse to believe you got to refuse to believe and accept that. The, this is not over. It may have changed, but it's not over. And see, people need to know that's your position because they don't, people don't know what their position should be right now. They don't know if they should be preparing for the end. Most of them are just stuck. A lot of people are, uh, things weren't that great for a lot of people before this happened. And yet a lot of people are hoping things go back to normal. What was normal? For the overwhelming majority of the people in in America, normal is poverty. Why would you ever hope for that to come back? But in the absence of leadership, people resort back to what they're familiar with. Even if what they're familiar with wasn't that great. See, you got to teach people how to forge ahead. See, and how do you teach them? Listen to me, guys. I'm not saying just teach people. I'm saying be it. If you're it, then people will duplicate you. Number three, this is a big one. Uh, They become detail-oriented and follow-up specialists. See, guys, right now, uh, you know, the dollars are in the details. You got to become uh, detail oriented. You got to you got to make a decision. You got to put together your schedule. You got to decide you're going to do so many uh, uh, presentations a day, and and then you're going to follow up with each of the people uh, uh, that you do a presentation with that don't close on the spot. You're going to put them on a follow up. You're going to reach out to people to say, and you're going to comp- create a follow up list. You know, I've heard so many stories about top people who are making great money and other companies that the only reason they're there is because somebody didn't follow up with them that spoke to them first a very good friend of mine told me that story he said someone came to him from our company and did a presentation during the holidays and he responded i like what i hear but follow up with me after the holidays and i'll be ready to get started and that person never called him that But in January or February, someone came over from a different company and he showed them a presentation. So he joined that company and now has a few thousand people in his team. See, somebody missed a leader with a few thousand people because they never called back when the leader said, follow up. The leader said, follow up with me after the holidays. And they never followed up. See, that that was only... They, they did the first presentation in November. Uh, a jam- there's only two months later they needed to follow up. And they would have had a superstar on their team. But they never bothered to follow up. Now, I spoke to the person a few years after that happened. And you know what that person said? The person never followed up. Like, they, I never heard from them again. See, guys, so many of you, are meeting people that could absolutely explode in this business. But the day you met them wasn't the right time. The day you tried to do a presentation may not have been the right time in their schedule, there might have been something happening in their life. And then you never call back, you never follow up. One of the top guys in my organization, back in the AOM's Primerica days, joined a year after he saw the presentation. He saw the presentation. He was finishing his last year of college. He said, when I finish college, I'm going to do this. And I, like most people, said, sure, okay. But put him on my follow-up list. And I check in from month to month. And almost a year later, I checked in and he said, yeah, Finn, are you in the same location? You're still doing your presentations on Tuesday night? I said, I sure am. And he said, I'm coming this Tuesday and I'm bringing a friend. And he came back that Tuesday and he brought his lawyer and they both joined and he became one of the top recruits in our organization. But he didn't join to a year later. Now, I'm not saying you wait around for years for people because obviously I was three times bigger than I was when he first saw me by the time he came back. Because I kept running and kept moving and kept building. But I also kept a list of people to follow up with that I thought was special. Number four, they commit daily details and commitments to a true planning device. See, guys, right now, I should be able to say to you, send me a copy of your schedule. And you should be able to take a snapshot of either your calendar or your planner or something and send it to me. How are you functioning on a daily basis with no idea what you're supposed to be doing? See, at night, I do a a to-do list. And I write the top ten things I need to get done tomorrow, and then I and then I uh, and then I do them. I actually have a copy somewhere over here, and these are the type of documents. And I, I just took some out to make some more copies of it. But you should get a three ring binder. I, I'm sorry for going off camera a little bit here, but I, I, it's, I just thought as I was talking about the fact that I was making some new forms for myself. And, uh, and uh, I just want to kind of, hold them up for you real quick if I can if I can find them this is what happens when you don't plan and then you remember something in the middle I'm not going to find it all unfortunately probably not going to be able to find it all My desk is the desk of a mad scientist, which means there's stuff everywhere. There really is. But somehow it works. Somehow it works. okay I'm not gonna be able to find it all but but like here's an example I don't know if you can see that there's an example of like a prospecting list see see as I talk to people I write their names down and where I met them or or what 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 we we chatted online if they contacted me or if I contacted them or if I was in a chat group with my fraternity or somebody else and I spoke to someone and I write and I keep a list. See, see guys, you can't trust everything to your memory. Nothing drives me crazier than a person who goes, Well, I have a really good memory. I think I have a really good memory, but I don't trust things as important as people to my memory. See, people are too important for that. You need to put that on a planning device. You need to have on your schedule who you met, where did you meet them, their number, uh, when are you supposed to follow up, Uh, If you have an appointment for a presentation, these type of details you should and then from week to week, you should be able to look at your activity one week and compare it to the next week and compare it to the next week to see if you're growing or dying, to see if you're progressing, to see if your activity is picking up, to see if you're starting to get momentum. How do you measure those things if you don't even measure your activity? And how can you measure your activity if you don't even document or detail your activity? See, if you're gonna be a great leader, you have gotta know these things. You gotta be able to look at your own statistics. You gotta be able to look at how many people did I talk to this week? How many of those people resulted in an exchange of, of, of phone numbers this week? How many of those exchange of phone numbers resulted in a Zoom presentation this week? How many of those Zoom presentations resulted in a new business partner? And you should have that documented every day. Daily. And then you should be able to look at it and go, was this a good week or a bad week? What did I not do and not up? What did I not really get a lot going? How can I improve? And then your people will duplicate you and you'll be able to help them by saying, show me your schedule. Show me your weekly activity. And you'll be able to look at it and say, okay, here's what you need. You need to talk to more people because you're just not doing enough of the numbers or you're, you're talking to people and you've got a lot of prospects and phone numbers, but you're you're not converting them to presentation. So what are you saying to invite people to a zoom and help them with what they're saying? Because maybe they're just not saying the right thing to get people excited about uh, meeting with them or getting on a zoom to hear more information. Or you can look and say, "Wow, you're doing a lot of one-on one zooms, but they're not joining what What presentation and clothes are you using? when you do these zooms that can help you get better results and people becoming business so you can if you're detailing your activity you can improve your business but this is something you should already do throughout my career when i was in the field building a business i kept a three-ring binder with sheets like this in it. And I could look from any day or week or month for years. I could go back and I could say, man, when I was really doing great and and this year, what was I doing? And I could go to my three-ring binder and look at my activity day-to-day from the year that I got promoted or I got the top bonus. And I could see what I was doing. See, not try to remember cuz things just don't always to be the way you think they were. It's always better to be able to go back and just look at it and know. So guys, you got to commit what's in your brain to a device. And I suggest old school. I'm still old school. I don't I I like my cell phones and all these different things and iPads, but as soon as one of them break or crash or you lose your data, you just lost your all your business information. Now some of you go, Chris, we're more high tech than that. We can save it in the clouds and all that kind. Okay, whatever. I don't know anything about all that stuff. If you've got a way that you can make sure you never lose it and you'd rather be digital than be digital, I don't understand all that yet. I'm still old school. I don't know. I mean. I got to notice the other day that my cloud's almost full. I've never been in there. I have no idea what's in there, that it's almost full. I got a feeling that my computer is automatically saving stuff to my cloud that I don't know anything about, and therefore my cloud is almost full, yet I don't even know how to get into my cloud to see what's in there to, as to why it's full. I'll figure it out one day, or maybe one of you guys will uh, send me a text and tell me how to do it. So. Maybe that is the way. And if it's in the cloud, you can never lose it or something like that. I'm not sure. What I'm saying to you is make sure you detail your daily activity. Make sure that you have it someplace that you'll never lose it. And you should be able to look back days, weeks, months at your activity to see if you're doing what you need to do to get to your goals and your dreams. Number five. This one is important, guys, because unfortunately, this is what drives people, and then they don't end up achieving their goals and dreams. See, number five, to a top leader, money becomes secondary to their desire to serve others. See, see, you, your desire to serve and help people has got to be more important than the money you'll make from doing it. Because Contrary to popular belief, money doesn't motivate people. See, people think money motivates them, but then they wonder why they never get up and do anything. They wonder why so many people, why they and so many people procrastinate. Because money doesn't motivate people. Money never have motivated most people some of you do contests for people to win money and you wonder why it doesn't increase your business because most people are not motivated by money see when they list the things that motivate people they said recognition appreciation praise then money see people who go to work to serve and help others for the praise and recognition that that will bring and how it will make them feel than they do for pay. There are people out there right now who are working harder than they've ever worked in their life, harder than they've ever worked at any job for free, volunteering at food banks, volunteering to help the homeless, volunteering to help the elderly. These lines at food banks are three and four miles of cars long. And volunteers are standing there bagging and food and putting it in the trunk of people's as they drive off for hours from morning to night for not a single dollar of pay. See, true leaders, their desire to serve is far larger than their desire for money. See, if you tell yourself, I'm in it for the money, I'm in it for the money, you'll never do what you need to do to succeed because that that goal will never motivate you. It just doesn't. Now, some of you say, Chris, no, I'm motivated by money. If you've made a lot of money, then you start to transition to the point where money becomes essential. But that's rich people. Most people don't start rich. But I've noticed rich people tend not to be concerned about a lot of other things. That's why most rich people aren't helping as many people as they possibly can right now during this pandemic and during the times that we're in, because once you become rich and your priorities and your goals change, then money becomes more important than serving others. And truly great leaders are the ones who can become rich and not have that change and still have their desire to serve others be bigger than their desire to make more money. But most people don't succeed at that. And that's why most people aren't great leaders. You got to make sure that money is secondary to your desire to help people. Right now, we're now at 30 million people that have filed for unemployment. And my understanding is to file for unemployment during this pandemic, you must have lost or been furloughed from your job or you have a small business or an independent contractorship that's been affected by this pandemic. So we've got 30 million either unemployed employees or small businesses that have been shut down. If that doesn't send shills of the amount of people who are in trouble right now that you have an answer for, then nothing will. You got to let money become secondary to serving. Hey, number six, you got to stand guard over negative mental input especially right now, when you've got a 24 hour news cycle, that's all it's talking about is, is how many people are infected, and how many people are dying on a daily basis. And on a 24 hours, they just keep interviewing and talking to people who've had somebody die, or, or somebody who's lost their jobs, or somebody, and then you've got the internet, which is swirling with conspiracy theories of all the things that are really guys, stand guard over negative input see it doesn't even matter to me whether it's true or not true if it's something you can't control you don't need it now I'm not saying be ignorant to what's going on because I am a firm and true believer and knowing what's happening around me and so I do take a small portion of the new international news so that I know what's happening in the U.S. and in the world. I I do look around on the Internet a little every day to know what's being said or what's being passed around. But I refuse to allow it to consume in a 24-hour day for me more than an hour. Because my mind needs to be right. And it's not just that. A lot of you are spending a lot of time watching movies. Be careful what movies you watch. See, when I'm not on the internet and I'm not working and I'm not talking to people, I'm not doing conference calls. Typically, I'll go to Netflix and not look for a movie. I'll look for a comedian. I want to laugh. I don't need I'm I'm serious all the time. What I need to do is laugh. I look for things that are going to make me laugh. I do like action movies, but I try to regulate how much killing and things like that are in those movies. I just I am very particular. I guard myself from negative input. And all of that is negative. Oh, it's just a movie. It's still negative it's still input that sits in your head and that i can't do that some of you like horror movies and i'm not judging anybody you you control what's negative in your head i don't watch horror movies i haven't watched horror movies in ever i think i've seen one horror movie in my life and that was the first friday the 13th which i think was 30 years ago or something like that didn't like the way it made me feel, never watched a double. It was too negative, it was, I, so from that point on, I swore off horror movies. I don't want to see anybody being chased by anything and being killed. I don't want to see it. I don't even want that imagery in my head. See I stand guard over what goes in here. I'm conscious on a daily basis what I consume. So even in times like now when you're consuming movies, and cons- you are taking a lot of hours of input. And I notice people are recommending movies to each other and all. Guys, keep control over top leaders do not allow negative input and especially not masses of it because we just happen to have time on our hands. Don't let that happen to you. You stand guard. Negative people, stay away from. People that want to gossip and talk about people, stay away from. People that want to call you and tell you how bad somebody else is doing right now, stay away from. People who want to call you and tell you everybody who's lost their job, stay away from. number 7 they prioritize their lives this is what top leaders do they prioritize their lives and live as an example to others see see this this is one that 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 is was always very important to me you know my mentor told me when I was very, very young, live your life as if you're going to run for president. And at first I didn't understand what that meant. But then as I started to examine the presidency and how much vetting and how much they're under a microscope, And how much of their past, you know, right now, one of the presidential candidates is being accused of sexual assault that happened 30 years ago. How many of you could undergo the type of scrutiny that somebody would start to look in on your life 30 years ago? How many of you were conscious of what you were doing 30 years ago to the point that you would be okay with somebody shining a light on it today? See, I was taught at a young age to live that way. I was taught to be conscious of what I do, that if it's ever looked back on, I would be okay with it. And I'm not saying I lived perfectly, because I didn't. There are things in my past that aren't that nice, but you know what, most of you know that because I tell you about it because I'm not ashamed of who I am. There's nothing you're gonna go back and find that I could care less if you find. Now, it may not all be good, but I don't give a crap. I don't have nothing to hide. And that's how you got to live your life is you can make mistakes, but accept your mistakes. Because none of us are perfect. And I think that's living your life in a way that will be an example to others. But when you make decisions and things you do, think about that. Is this what you would like duplicated about you? Some of you say, always be positive. But then somebody cuts you off on the highway and you start cursing them out. Is that always being positive? But they cut me off. You're right. But could you not be an example of not allowing someone that does that to change your entire attitude to negativity, especially when it serves no purpose? Because most of the time they can't hear you screaming and cursing in your car in their car anyway. So the only person hearing that negativity and whose blood pressure is going up is yours. Live your life as an example. Make decisions that will be decisions you would want others to make on your behalf. That's great leadership. There were so many things in my life that my friends and people were doing that I had to pass on because I thought about how would that look? How would that be perceived? What if somebody in my team ran into me What if one of my clients who I invest their retirement saw me doing that? What if I would, all that would run through my head every time I had to make a decision of to do or not to do something. And that's a lot to carry when you're 19, trying to be a leader. When most 19 year olds are making the majority of their mistakes. I was trying to be the leader of a team at 19 and 20 and 21. Being much more mature and a leader at 22, by 23 I was married with a home and a BMW in the driveway by 23. I look at our 23 year old now, (laughs) what? He can't even fathom. (laughs) how I was living at 23. Mm-hmm. Number eight, they are respect by making decisions and keeping commitments. Guys, your word is all you've got. I don't understand why this is so difficult for people. Mean what you say, say what you mean. The beauty of it is, you get to say it so if you know you don't mean it just don't say it you know so many people you know look at my wife who's absolutely beautiful and you know they look at me who's decent and they go man how did he get her?" i've heard it <laughs> you know i, I hear it a million times but what most of them don't understand is the beautiful thing about my relationship with my wife is something so simple and basic. Most people don't think about it. You know what the difference is with me and anybody else she's ever dated? I mean what I say, I say what I mean. If I say I'm going to do it, I do it. If I don't think I can do it, I don't say I'm going to do it. I don't have a problem saying no if I can't. Not gonna lie and say I'm gonna do something I know I can't do. So she can count on my word like it's etched in stone. See, I didn't learn that from just dating. I learned that from leadership. And then I apply it to all aspects of my life. Anybody that has a relationship with me, whether it's family, friend, or anything knows if I say it, I'll do it. And if I can't do it, I won't say it. I got a great track record that if I say I'm co- I'll am i come do your meeting, I show up. If I can't come, I say I can't come. If I say I'll do your, your conference call, I'm on that conference call. If I can't do it, I say I can't do it, no matter how bad do you want me to be on? If it doesn't fit my, if I can't guarantee you I'll be there, I won't say it. I, I think this is easy, yet it seems like for so many people, it's hard. You say you're going to do a meeting, you don't make it. You say you're going to do a presentation for someone, they can't find you. People call you to do a three-way call because you said you'll do their three-way call. You don't answer. You make promises and commitments you don't keep. Why? See, if most people could just fix that, you'd be happier. People aren't going to always be happy with your decision. But you'd be happier because you mean what you say and you say what you mean. That's how you earn respect. See, so many people want respect, but they're not earning that respect. Make decisions. Call a play. Keep commitments. Number nine. Their financial position does not determine their monthly achievement. See, this one secretly keeps most people from ever reaching their potential because they work hard and then they make bonuses and they make money and guess what they do they stop working to enjoy the bonuses and the money and then when it runs out then they got to start all over working hard till they get some money and bonuses then they stop working and slow down to enjoy the money, and see their financial position controls their activity and achievement. They only work hard when they're running out of money. As soon as they get money, they stop working hard. And so, what ends up happening is you keep killing your momentum. Momentum, then you kill it once you get there and make money. Then you fight to get back to the top where you're making money, and then you stop because you got money. And then you fight again to get back and you end up riding this wave, but you never end up achieving the level of growth. See, guys, you got to not let your financial situation dictate your activity. You got to do what it takes to hit your goals. And even if you make $10,000 that month, you boom it to the side and keep doing what you take to hit your goals. And even if you make another twenty dollars or $30,000, you keep doing what it takes to hit your goal. Now you've crossed $100,000. You keep doing what it takes to hit your goal. You are at $150,000. You keep doing what it takes to hit your goals. You're at $200,000. Chris, I'm at $200,000. Can I stop and start enjoying it? Not if you haven't hit your goals. You keep on doing what it takes to hit your goal. Now you're at two hundred twenty-five thousand. You keep doing what it takes to hit your goals. Chris, I'm at two hundred fifty. Sure, I can stop now. Not if you haven't hit your goals. You keep doing what it takes to hit your goals. You're at three hundred thousand. You keep doing. See, some of you say you want to make a million, but you quit at one hundred fifty. Some of you say you want to make a hundred, but you quit at a ten thousand dollar bonus and start celebrating. See, true leaders never let anything along the way stop them from achieving their goal and objective. If your goal and objective is to become financially independent and you decide what that number means to you, if it means $10 million, and 10% tax-free municipal bond funds, generating a million dollars a year of interest for you to live on for the rest of your life, and then passing that principal 10 million down to your children to start to build a legacy for your family's family. If that's your goal, then you don't stop working until you hit that. I don't care how many millions you make along the way or hundreds of thousands you make along the way, and I'm not saying don't enjoy yourself. You can buy a car or do what you want along the way as long as you don't stop working. But unfortunately, most of us work when we need money, relax when we got money, work when we need money, relax when we got money. And until you learn not to let those two things, I work the way I work because of my goals, and that's the way I work. I've already got more money than I ever thought I would have growing up. If I thought about that too much, I'd stop working and relax. Because I don't think about that because I'm not where my goals are. I'm driven by my goals, not my money. You got to become the same way. You got to be driven by your goals. If you haven't achieved your goal, don't ever let any amount of money stop you from working. That's true leadership. Don't let your financial position determine your monthly achievement. You set a goal and go to work every month. No matter how great the month before was, you don't want to take a month off because you lose momentum and have to start all over. Number 10, they stay focused. Leaders, true leaders, stay focused. They have tunnel vision towards their next goal. See, once you hit a goal, you set another and you put back on the tunnel vision until you achieve that goal. And once you achieve that goal, you set another and you put back on your tunnel vision. See, you don't let nothing over here distract you, nothing. You put it back. See, that's leadership. Stay focused on your next goal. That's why it's so important to constantly Set goals. Where to do month? Today is the second. Have you set your goal for May? Oh, Chris so always going on? I can't set a goal. I don't know what to, really? You should always have a goal. And you should have tunnel vision towards that next goal. Number 11, this one's important. Because I think people sometimes confuse why people get involved in this business. Guys, number 11 is leaders know that people say yes more on their conviction and enthusiasm than on their knowledge. So many people get caught up in what they know, how things look, But see, if you really understand people and we're in a people business, then you know that people say yes on conviction. They say yes on enthusiasm. I was always taught people buy you and then they buy whatever you're promoting or presenting. See, they buy your confidence. They buy your conviction. They buy your enthusiasm. They don't buy your knowledge. See, once they buy your conviction and your enthusiasm, then they'll listen to your presentation and your logic. See, see, true leaders know and understand that, guys. Too many of you are not running at the pace you need to run because you're analyzing what people are interested in and you're trying to make sure that the presentation's better or, or that the vehicle that you're using to communicate is better, or that... Oh. You can't say the right thing to the wrong person. You also can't say the wrong thing to the right person. If you ask the questions that we start our presentation off with, And you find out somebody's sick and tired of being sick and tired if you find out somebody's scared because their future is unsure if you find out somebody's looking for a plan for a new world that they don't even know how it came to be that's somebody you want to present the rest of the presentation to with conviction and enthusiasm and confidence and your ability to help them plan and plot out a future that'll help them achieve their goals and dreams and they really don't give a crap whether you do that presentation on the flashiest, glitziest presentation, or whether you do it on a napkin like we used to do back in the day. We used to have what we called the napkin presentation, where we took a marker and a napkin and we wrote out the rule of seventy-two, and then we explained the comp plan, and then we and then we let them keep the napkin with all our scribbles scrabble on it. And we used to recruit with a napkin and a marker. because we did it with confidence, with enthusiasm, with conviction. I once did a meeting in a crowded restaurant at a table with my top leaders. And I spoke with such conviction and enthusiasm to those top leaders that when that meeting was over, A gentleman at a table nearby came up to me and offered me a half a million dollar a year salary to be the CEO of his company. He didn't even know what I did. But I spoke about what I did with such confidence, such conviction, such enthusiasm, that he knew he needed that to run his company, and he was willing to pay. Fortunately enough, I was taught, no matter how much the pay is still a job, and you could be fired at any time. And so although what he was offering was more than I was making at the time, I refused to be anybody's employee. And so I respectfully declined, but it was proof and what I was taught. People buy on your conviction, your enthusiasm. Right now, you need to be talking to five people a day and doing a Zoom presentation with our new presentation. And you need to be doing that Zoom with such confidence and such enthusiasm that people are joining left and right. And then you need to teach them how to do that presentation the same way. And so you're taught doing five. And then out of your five, two of them decide to follow you and do five. And now your team's doing 15. And then if each one of you get two more to follow you, right? Before you know it, you got 30 or 40 people doing five a day. You're doing 150 to 200 presentations a day. If... 50% 50% of those people join you. See, I'm not looking for uh, 100%. There's no 100% how, no matter how enthusiastic you are. There are going to be people who just don't have the money, who just don't get it. This is just not their goal drink. They, This is not what they're interested in. But if 50% of 150 to 200 people a week get started with you, you could be a director by the end of the month. Anybody hearing my voice could be a director by the end of the month. If you really just go to work, and I'm only saying five a day, because that's really what a part time person should be doing. If you're part time, and you're wondering what is work ethic, a part time person should be presenting this business five times a day. It takes 25 to 30 minutes to present this business, which means in two and a half hours of work a day, you could build a six-figure income. Two and a half. If you're full-time, you should be doing 10 a day, which means you're working five hours a day. Right now, you're working eight and have no shot at achieving your goals and dreams. I'm telling you, work five hours hours as a full time or two and a half hours part time five days a week and you could start a momentum that will explode your business but you got to do two things one you've got to ask the questions so you find out what people are looking for guys don't ask the questions and then don't listen to the answer then you might as well not ask the question I had someone say to me, when they asked the person, do they have the plan? A person says, yeah, I have a plan. I want to go do, you know, real estate or something. And then they continued to talk to the person. And then the person wasn't wasn't interested in the end. And they said, I don't know what happened. What happened is you asked the question and they answered. They said their plan is to go do real estate. You should have stopped right there and said, that's great. If that doesn't work out for you give me a call. And if you don't mind, I'll follow up in a couple of months. And moved on. You're asking the questions for a reason. One, to help them get what they're looking for. Two, to not waste your time with people that aren't looking, that aren't dissatisfied. If I ask someone the questions and they go, oh, still got my job, love my job, making all the money I want to make. And now I'm working from home. Woohoo! I'm happy. Next, that's great. You're blessed. I'm not going to keep doing the presentation and try to convince them they'll be happier with me. I'm not looking for people who want to be happier with me. I'm looking for people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired, that are frustrated, that are are scared, that that are concerned about their future, that, that have lost their nest egg, that are people that are ready to fight for their family. I'm building a daggum army. I'm not building a knitting club. You ask those questions. And then you do the presentation we gave you because it is a presentation designed for today's time to lead with the business opportunity. You cannot do the old presentation and spend 30 slides on travel at a time when travel is too uncertain. The reason we redesigned the presentation is to lead with the business opportunity, which can be done right now, even while travel is rebuilding. But if you spend all your time talking about a product that currently is shut down you lose people and they say talk to me about this when it reopens get back to me I'll get back to you and you go nobody's joining they say they like it but they're not joining because how do you join something that's closed so you need to emphasize what's currently open The chance to build a network of people that want to help people in the largest industry in the world is open. And you can make $1,000 bonuses, $10,000 bonuses in 100 days. You can make $50,000 of them while building that network that will be in place for the day that travel opens again. They don't need to hear all about travel. They need to hear about how they can get paid today, save their family, pay their bills, make up their shortfall, build a new career, building a network. See, America's still recruiting and building an army today, even though there's no world war currently going on. Because they don't focus on join to army so you can go to war. They focus on joining the Army right now so you can get things right now that will help you, like money, like education or trade, like the ability to help people in humanitarian efforts. See, these are the things you can get now. So that's why they always are recruiting and they're always building because there are always benefits right now. So what are the things people can get from this business right now? That's what the current presentation highlights. Ask the questions to find out what their need is, then fill it with the presentation showing them what they can get now, not what they can get later in the future when travel opens. What can they get now? And if you do that with conviction, with enthusiasm, People will join your business and you'll start a momentum that by the time travel opens back up, your team is running so fast and so hard. That's how you become a millionaire. See, in the eye of diversity, you stay focused and built your army. I mean, I'm just telling you what I know. And I'm not telling you from theory, I'm telling you what we did and what we're gonna do again right now for those who are willing to run with us. The last point, number 12, and I'll end with this, you gotta write and live by your own mission statement. See, why are you here? What do you wanna get out of this life? What's your mission? See, when I started in this business and people start talking to me about mission statements, I started my my travel company, it's called Love Life Luxury Travel. I also started a book distribution called Love Life Luxury Distribution. And everybody kept going, that's so long, why do you keep? And I go, because my mission is to love and live life luxuriously. That's my mission. And I want to teach people how to love everyone, to live your life to the fullest and luxuriously. See, what's your mission? What are your example of? What do you want people to remember about you? What is the lesson you want to pass on? Because see, when you figure this out, then everything you do is in alignment with this. See, see, if you decide that love is going to be a pillar in your life, then hate doesn't have room to sneak in. People have commended me so many times for not retaliating in situations I have right to. But retaliation and hate don't fit into my pillar of love. So I let it go. It's not always easy, but I understand what I'm here for. I try to live my life to the fullest and I value life with everything in me in order to do that. You can't live life to the fullest if you don't value it. And so when people try to get me to do things that are dangerous or out of care, I see I don't participate. I value life too much to risk it. I only risk life to to achieve its fullness. And I don't think I need to risk it to achieve its fullness. Luxury, I truly believe I work hard so that I can live my life at a certain level. I grew up poor, I already know what that's like. So I'm willing to do the things in order to be a little step up. I want to live a certain house, I want to drive a certain car, but I also like to pamper myself with certain because I want lux. That is my purpose of working hard is to provide luxury for me and my family. Whatever is available, I want to be just a notch up. If there's a nicest, I want the nicest. I'm never going to be that person that goes, oh, my God. Even if I can afford it, I would never pay. If I can afford it and I want it and it improves my life, I'm getting it. I don't care what it costs. Money is just money. You only live once if you're lucky. So these are my pillars of my mission. What's yours? What are principles that you just absolutely, as you make decisions, you can lean on these pillars and stay focused on the mission at hand? See, my pillars, I want to spread to everyone. I want to teach everyone how to love at such a level that hate can't fit in. How to live your life at such a level that you feel and enjoy its fullness. How to be comfortable with luxury. I had to become comfortable with luxury. I grew up so poor. And and I had so many of those habits instilled in me that I had to learn to be comfortable with the fact that I deserve to live a certain way. It's a process. And I'm committed to teaching others how to factor that process. And then like I said, love life, luxury, love life, luxury, and then I put travel at the end, because I want to travel the world. And I've now been to over 86 different countries. You're talking about a guy who had never been out of his neighborhood. I didn't even leave the country for the first time until I was in my 30s. I'm now in my 50s, and I've already been to 86 different countries and counting. See, once you write a mission statement and live by it, it comes true. It manifests itself. But if you just taking life as it comes, ducking and dodging the obstacles with no plan, life will write a plan for you and it won't be the one you want. So as a true leader, write and live by your mission statement of what you want your life to mean and what you wanna pass on to others. And then live it out loud so people can see it, feel it, and duplicate it. If you take these principles and implement them today, you'll change your level of leadership, which means you'll change your level of growth, which means you will change everything in your life to the next level. Thanks for joining us on Winners Win. We'll see you next time.